We are rolling. We are, are rolling. What are you watching? It's this TikTok. This guy wrote the song and there's like a fun like, dance to it. I'm still very impressed that our TikTok algorithms are very different. Of course they are. <laughs> I also think it's, I mean, you were right. You, you literally, <laughs> you literally said to me the other day, was it when we were recording our podcast? Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe it was, it was something different, but you were like, I rarely laugh at your TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true though. Like, I don't know. My TikTok is basically interior design, baking, animals, and just really funny stand-up. <laughs> I have some funny stuff. Okay. <laughs> I have some I want to quit because corporate America is really bad TikToks. Those are kind of funny. There you go. The, I'm a, you're not a socialist, but you're on socialist TikTok. I am. I'm, apparently I'm on communist TikTok because... Slavov Sixjek or whatever his name is shows up there. The guy with the accent. He's either oh, from Oh, I thought you were just making a really derogatory Russian joke and I was like, now's probably not the time to make that joke. We're probably going to war with that. Yeah, what what's going on? It's been too cold for too long. And we've all been stuck inside for too long. What are your men are going nuts? Let's talk about let's talk about foreign policy. <laughs> let's talk about foreign policy. Okay. Did you know that at one point I was really like I was a poli sci major and I was really interested in international politics. You were reading what was that? The Economist. The Economist. That's right. Because there was a professor. There was a professor in college that essentially said, "If you would like to, if you would like to." If you would like to... If you would like to what? <laughs> work for the State Department? Yeah, if you want to you work for the State Department... You Economist for three years. Yeah, because you have to, like, pass a test. Mm-hmm. We do an okay. Okay. <laughs> Drinking our rosé. We're doing great. Rosé all day is what the white chicks put on their shirts. Is that a thing? Rosé all day. <laughs> you could probably get it as a dish towel, a sticker, a sweater. Not a pillowcase. But <laughs> <laughs> So what it so yeah, so I was very interested in international politics at one point. So now I'm just like what do you take of what's going on in Russia and the Ukraine? I'm going to pour me some more more rosé. So going to be keep honest. Talking. Keep talking. I know more about Russians in the Olympics than I do, you do. <laughs> with their their foreign policy. I am obsessed with Catherine the Great, probably one of the greatest Russian leaders of all time. Was she crazy and cruel in so many ways? Yes. <laughs> Caused so much family trauma. But. I don't know. I think Russia could be something much bigger than it is. Am I going to piss off the Russians who don't listen to this podcast? Probably. But then I also think America could be so much more than it is right now. So, 
Are you afraid of Russian interference? Me? Russian interference with us, personally? With this podcast that (laughs) literally nobody outside of us is listening to right now? Not right now. (sighs) We'll see how the war goes. (laughs) I don't know, I think... They can just mosey through Alaska and get to us if they want. I think I... And we've talked about this. I have libertarian leanings. I'm much more libertarian. We have to hold a phone like this. You're much more librarian. (laughs) Is that your way of making a joke? That's a way of me making a joke because I need you to explain what that means. I... I mean... And I I haven't read up on libertarian ideology in a long time, but Mm -hmm. my understanding of libertarian foreign policy is that we shouldn't get involved. So, and maybe that's wrong, and maybe in five years when someone listens to the podcast, we'll get like a string of nasty emails from actual libertarians, right? But I don't... So, (laughs) I don't, (laughs) I guess for me, Mm -hmm. I guess for me, I don't, why are we getting involved in the Ukraine? Because the way the Biden administration is talking about it is we are essentially, you know, trying to save the Ukraine from... Russia, but I guess with our history of foreign policy and what we've done and how, you know, it goes all the way back to the Monroe Doctrine and all this kind of stuff. I just don't Mm -hmm. know why. I don't know that I... We're not trying to, like, stake claim the Ukraine. I think we have to, like, go back in history a little bit. History lesson. You're the history. You're the history person Germany. here. So go ahead. They Even though like, I'm a history major, you know more about history than I do. Go ahead. You're a history major. I told you that. It's it's okay. I've just watched like hours and hours of cartoon history on YouTube. At some point, we got to talk about inventing Anna, though. That's true. That's phenomenal. We'll transition. Which is actually a good transition because she was born in Russia. Mm-hmm. Russia. Okay. So. Germany. This 13%. World War II. Rosé is very They're like, neighbor, we want to take that land. Europe's like, we don't want to get involved. It's just a tiny little little country. The U.S. is like, nope, we ain't even touching it. They're not touching what? Germany. Or the European War. Are you trying to... I'm World just War at, II started before I'm, America got involved. Okay. <laughs> We're very aware of that, correct? I'm not a dumbass. Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but are you trying to suggest that the Russia-Ukraine situation is similar to Germany and Poland? Well, I'm saying, like, I think it informs why we overreact. Oh, Because I we see. didn't react at all, and it I became see. this huge power play on, like, the global world scale. So I think it's it has shown that it might have been better to act preemptively, take the threat seriously. But I think there are some strange parallels. Like right before things got dicey with Germany, 
we were at the Olympics with them. So it's all a little like, hmm. I don't know that I, I think that, I think that that's a stretch to compare the Russia-Ukraine situation to the Germany-Poland situation in 1939. I think that that's a bit of a stretch. But I think I understand what you're saying. I think that's but didn't that's historically why we tend to overreact. So two things on that. Mm-hmm. I actually think it goes before that because the Monroe Doctrine mm-hmm. was a thing even before World War II, wasn't it? The Monroe Doctrine? Yeah. Okay. Look up the Monroe Explain. Doctrine. My phone's about to die, so let's see. Is it really? Monroe Doctrine. Bearing a routine annual message delivered by Congress by President James Monroe. Sorry, go do it again. I was reboxing. Sorry, go ahead. The doctrine warns European nations the United States would not tolerate further colonization or puppet monarchs. That's hilarious. Since we've definitely done It was essentially our but, way of getting you know, doing whatever we wanted as it pertains to foreign policy. And getting like the UK to stop colonizing the mm-hmm. world. No, so the Monroe Doctrine, mm-hmm. I think, was used as a way of um, essentially not a lot. And maybe we should actually like read what it says. But essentially, in South America, it was a way of getting involved, or Central America, in the Americas. It's an actual thing. <laughs> but I don't want to misquote it, because I'm like... Am I thinking of the wrong thing? But my point is that us getting involved, there's a precedent for us getting involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, my issue is that when we call things, when we say things, because we've said things in America, the government has said things that are like, it's for the sake of national interests. That essentially means it's for the sake of like... Power balances. Or power balances that benefit, you us. know. The, well, yeah. We're always going to fight for, like, programs that benefit us as a country. Well, my question... Like, we th- wouldn't sit there and let Russia become the greatest superpower and then be like, dang it. Like, we're always going to vie for our own interests. I guess my question is, should we really be getting involved in those things? That's that's my question. Is, is Ukraine happy we're getting involved? That would be my question. I, there are... There are conflicting reports that are coming out. I mean, Ukraine essentially came out. They had an official statement that essentially negated the Biden administration's statement that the intel coming in is that Russia is going to start attacking and all this stuff. So, I mean, my thing with this is I would be much more happy to do it under the umbrella of the UN or of NATO, but we seem to be like the most aggressive nation. In the UN or NATO. Well, yes. Yeah. And you you say it's because we run those. I, I don't know that I agree with that statement. I don't think we... Okay. We don't run them, but I think we are one of the stronger players in those programs. We are one of the stronger players. Yes. But the whole thing with those... 
I don't, what is it? A coalition or a program is that we're supposed to work with other nations. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting conversation to have. I just feel like maybe we should comparatively, maybe we, though, the United States and a country like the Czech Republic. Not to like diss the Czech Republic, but they're on different levels. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about influence? Yes. Got it. Influence, power, size, population. I just don't, what is our, what is our quote unquote national interest in getting involved with this? Is it so that Russia doesn't have more power? So Russia and China can just. Chill? Chill. Of course, we'd be like, we would love to grow stronger. So then there's that conflict, right? Because Russia's going to obviously want that too. We want to be stronger. And Russia has a more historic claim to more land. So similar to Germany used to be a lot bigger than it is now. Russia used to have more land than it does now. I mean, similar to China, right? China used to be ginormous, but that was like hundreds of years ago. Yeah. So the question is... Does China or Russia have a right to say that's ours? Or do we respect the modernity of it all? Right. So I don't know. We'll see. Russia's pretty fascinating, though. So. Yeah, you've told me you're pretty fascinated with Russia. Yes, I would love for the day. I could go. I mean, probably not going to happen anytime soon. Right now. Go to Russia, see the sites, the history. They're very orthodox. Very orthodox. So that would also be really interesting to see. Brian Zahn says that Russian Christians have the same issues as American Christians in lots of ways. Mm. And that the way that evangelical Christianity has such a hold on American politics and on the American way of life, so does Eastern Orthodoxy in Russia. Oh, yeah. So. Eastern Orthodoxy plays a huge part in, like, the historical ruling of Russia. Like, Do you tell. Could, Do you tell. could not make power plays in Russia without... Educate. Educate right now. Without, We're like, ready the to be power educated. of the Eastern Orthodox Church behind you. So, like, when Catherine the Great took over the country from her husband... It was because she allied with the military and she got the Eastern Orthodox Church behind her camp. If she did not have both of those things, she could not have Who was Catherine the Great? (gasps) The Empress of Russia? Oh my gosh, fantastic. So she married Bro from Russia. Right, and he's the emperor of Russia. She's from what what year what year are we talking about here? Uh long time ago. Okay. Pre-World War One, pre-lots of things. <laughs> I don't know the year exactly. Um, but she came from a European country. Okay. I forget what it is. It's not France. I want to say... I don't know. I want to say similar to Switzerland or something like that. But more French influence. So, when she came to Russia... She fell in love with the country, but she wanted to bring them forth into, like, the European Enlightenment. 
So she wanted them to appreciate the arts. She because wanted to showcase can I ask a clarifying question? Because yes. Russia at this point had been pretty isolated from the West, right? They they were kind of in a bubble, well, and she wanted like, to expand their horizons. Yeah, they were in a bubble um, culturally. They had their own identity. Got it. They have a lot of really neat traditions, but they kind of saw like the European Enlightenment is like those people over there doing something. She's like, we can appreciate the arts. We can do all these things. And so she saw, like, the potential of Russia to become a superpower. Where at that point, Russia was more like the side joke of Europe. You're like, there's that country over there. No one cares about. Um, Become a superpower. She didn't see them as cultured or as intelligent as the rest of Europe. And so she really, she, I think, needs a lot of credibility in the idea that she helped them become the country they are today. Because she brought in the arts. She brought in, like, cultural and economical stability. And Catherine she, the Great. Catherine the Great, Empress of Russia. She built great St. Petersburg. You know St. Petersburg? Yeah. Cool. Are you Catherine saying it's the Great. a thing because of Would Catherine? not have existed without Catherine the Great. Like, Wait. Nope. St. Petersburg was whoa, 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 not a whoa, whoa, thing? I don't know about that. She built castles. Got palaces. It. She created artistic cities and made them capitals and what we know them as. Fascinating. So it's like fantastic woman. But I don't know. I think it's more romanticized, right? She did a lot of crazy, terrible things. You know, for instance, like killing her husband. Cool. Is that a ter- Just kidding. <laughs> Is it a terrible Just thing? Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so she's incredibly intriguing. And I think she put Russia on the map. Mm. So like there's... The way she describes Russia in a lot of her, like, writings. You can't but help, like, wonder how magical that is. Like, I think a lot of people in the United States West view, like, Russia as just this, like, cold, frigid landscape. Which I think is an untrue, but there's, like, a lot of rich cultural tradition there. So what do you know about Putin and his... Takes a lot of shirtless photos. His coming to power and how that... Ooh, KGB Putin. Yeah, so tell us about, tell us about your understanding. This brat is sketch. Tell us Just about... Just gonna admit, he really loves gymnasts and ballerinas. Are you trying to say he sleeps with them? Yes. How do you know that? Because everyone knows it. What do you mean everyone knows it? It's like, oh, Putin has a girlfriend. He doesn't come out and say it, but he hangs out with the woman for... Sometime in the press, and you're like, oh, he goes to the ballet to see one so particular ballerina. So there's something ballerina. verified or sourced that he's, he's sleeping not, with the, women. He's not like, he here sleep- you go, here's my selfie in the bedroom. But, like, you put A, B, and C together, and, like, you get there. So, I don't know. It's it's interesting. So he likes ballerinas. He loves animals. Which, according to you, means he's probably on the autistic scale. <laughs> I never <laughs> said that. 
I see. <laughs> you is, did say this is how rumors tend get started. to relate more to animals than people are probably on the autistic scale. What I said is what you find with people that have avoidant attachment style, which mm-hmm. just to just to clear up what that is, we all have an attachment style. Mm-hmm. We're on a spectrum of attachment. Mm-hmm. People that are considered to be autistic normally show more avoidant attachment style traits. Okay. Those kinds of people <laughs> are lots of times would rather hang out with animals than real humans because you know what you're getting from animals. Mm-hmm. That's That was my comment. Okay. <laughs> We're going to be clear on what I said. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, the little I know about Putin is... The KGB stuff, mm-hmm. the fact that he has been in power for a hot minute, even when he said he hasn't been in power. Well, yeah, because his friends are in power when he's not. But do you do you know anything about those alliances, like how those alliances formed? How was he like the the leader of the KGB? Like how did? No, no, no. He was just within. Like he was pretty high up, but he and KGB was just is the KGB. Russian Secret Service, is basically. That... Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, during, like, what's his name? Ooh, bad history. I just keep thinking of, like, super adorable video of Putin receiving animals from, Uh. I think, from the Chinese. He got a couple puppy dogs. Rare breeds. Fantastic. And they were, like, handling the dogs. The Chinese were handling the dogs by grabbing them by the scruff and, like, showing, look at these puppy dogs we're giving to him. And he took it and he, like, cradled it because he was not for them, like, holding the dogs that way. So you can tell he, like, treasured animals. And I was like, I know you're probably not the best person. But there's something, something about that that my heart, like, goes out to you that you were like, the hell are you doing to this dog, bruh? Like, <laughs> give me this puppy. So there's something, like, protective about him. I hate thinking black and white about people. But that's probably the optimist in me. But he loves doing like, because Russia has tigers. Fun fact, because Russia is a ginormous country over most of Asia. So he does a lot of like animal rescue. Like Tiger King tigers kind of thing? No, 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 no. Would he and Tiger King get along? No. I would say that's a hard stop. No. I feel like From Tiger, Tiger King's King point of view or from Putin's was, point of like, view? like, I'm making a um, certain amount of money. I think Putin's actually really invested in, like, the wildlife of his country. Mm. From a point that's like, this is something we should treasure. Mm. So I think they would relate to animals in different aspects. Got it. This is me assuming a lot about Putin right now. <laughs> Fascinating. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm kind of tired of Russia being our enemy. Well, who decided Russia was our enemy? Well, I think Cold War did some of that. Can we figure out how to but, stop them? And maybe this is this is me <laughs> like not having a great memory, but wasn't didn't President Bush 
Like Bush and him kind of had a sort of functional relationship, I felt like. Um, especially after 9-11, like they were seen together. Like there were things that were kind of like not terrible about them. Are you pulling up pictures? <laughs> Look how cute they are. Well, he wasn't very tough on them, right? I think Bush had a very, like, friendly demeanor. So, I mean, like, he talked with China. Gosh, George W. Bush, I don't know. I think I I don't know a lot about his policy because I just kind of love him as a person. He's just this adorable. He and Michelle man. Obama have like a They're thing. They're best friends. It's like, like when I they feel go like to. He's one of those personalities where you're like, you are an adorable man who I respect. When they go to events together, it's like they crack up. Yeah, they'll like crack jokes to each other. They have like inside jokes. So I mean, like he now in retirement paints portraits. Yeah, I knew that. Like it's just like this thing, but I think he also. Have you seen interviews with him where he, they've asked him why he didn't criticize Obama when he was president? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, because he didn't really come out and say, like, Obama has done a poor job Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And he was on Jimmy Fallon or maybe it wasn't Fallon. Maybe it was Shay Leno. He's retired. Right, but there's. There's public figures that would still make statements. Like, even Obama has been more, was way more vocal towards Trump than Bush was ever well, towards Bush came Obama. Out about Trump, didn't he? He gave like an interview. Yeah, he did, he did. But my point is, in this interview, when they asked him about it, he said, he said, President Obama doesn't need another voice of critique from me. Like, he's already getting plenty of that, you know? <laughs> So, well, yeah, I think um, a lot of people like to play like power roles. I mean, like, I don't know. There was something cool I think about President Bush. I mean, no, our country when got he a, was president, he was super hated, though. I don't know. I remember thinking, like, why do people hate this man so much? He would tell the dumbest jokes. The most, like, I tell the dumbest jokes. So I say this wholeheartedly. I can confirm that that is accurate. Yes. Like, there's and just not something dumb, like about not, not funny, taking yourself dumb. too seriously, right? Being able to say, I'm a person who does this, you're a person who does this, but we can relate on some kind of common ground. I think Bush is very rare in that he does come from a political dynasty, he comes from Texas like money. He comes from Texas money, but like he's able to connect with literally everyone. I think because he's so open. So I don't know. I feel like I'm like Biden. Why are you pushing on Russia so much? Sure, Russia. Why are you trying to take Ukraine? We should have a whole episode on the Bushes because I think the Bushes are really interesting, and I think. This, my George perspective Bush is very like childhood, very elementary, 9-11 experience. So. And I also think we need to have a conversation about whenever somebody becomes president, how they are the worst president of all time. <laughs> right? Yeah. I heard, I heard uh, John Mark McMillan and Andy Squires talking about this. And they said, I think it was actually John Mark McMillan, who I love. 
Are you familiar with John Mark McMillan? Have you yes. listened to his music? Mm-hmm. Did you know him before? Before you? No. He's very, very good. Yeah. But he said it's kind of narcissistic for us to think that there has never been anything that has ever happened um, in our life. There have been a lot of life. crappy presidents. But he wasn't even talking about presidents. He was just talking about everything. He's like, we are living in unparalleled times. He's like, just think about how narcissistic that actually sounds. <laughs> it's like you're essentially saying that 10,000 years of like, or however long our earth is, whatever, like, you're essentially saying that they have no idea what we've ever gone through. And it's like, we all have had the same challenges for forever. Ours are just like different because of the age of technology. But in the same way with presidents, it's like, I mean, think about Bush. He's the worst president of all time, said the left. He then Obama. Had a really cute dog. Sorry. Dogs. <laughs> then Obama. <laughs> then Obama, right? Like, he's the worst president of all time. America is going backwards. I mean, I was told, like, Democrats couldn't. They were the destruction of America. You know, like. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was not something that was completely foreign to me to be said something like that. Then think about Trump. <laughs> and I have some thoughts on this because I think if anything, oh if anything, tread carefully. <laughs> if there, tread carefully. If any of these arguments could have been actually valid, I mean, <laughs> Trump did some wild things that were very, very, like if anyone could have said Trump is the worst president of all time, my opinion is that like, you may have a point there. Uh, I guess I'm showing my political like persuasions. But then, B. like, Johnson. even Biden, right? Like, uh, Biden comes out and people are saying, he's such a liberal. Look, yeah, at, okay. Bi- look at Biden's... <laughs> he's a conservative Democrat Look at Biden's there. track record. He's <laughs> never been on he's the far... He's He's never been on the far left of the Democratic Party ever, right? And so, right. this is not... Uh, I mean, I think... I think we've kind of talked about how you're more left than I am. Mm-hmm. So this is not me supporting everything the Democratic Party does. I think there's plenty of things they do wrong. But I know that's blasphemy for you because it's the, the father, son, and the Democratic Party in your life. I understand that Excuse the Democratic me. Party is the third <laughs> member of this. <laughs> but I do think there's something... There's something to explore there. Mm-hmm. And that, like, we think that every year it's the worst year of our time and nothing has ever happened like this. Like the Great Depression. It's very narcissistic. Right? Right. And, the but that's the kind of, of stuff that I heard growing <laughs> up, even in my, you know, my, the ah. Christianity that was handed down to me was like, we are living in unparalleled times. The enemy is coming to destroy America. You well, know, it's all we're of, so full of ourselves theologically that we're like, we're going to be the generation that ends it all. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so did every generation before you think? I saw we were just watching a TikTok with this guy saying, praying for like revival to come, and then people like speaking up against toxic church practices, and it's like, oh, not that kind of revival. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't want it. I don't want it. You didn't see. <laughs> People do say, be careful what you pray for. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this whole Russia thing is just very interesting. Do you want to switch so you can hold the phone for a little bit? Now? Sure. Thank you. 
But who knows? We'll see. This is making me want to reinvest in The Economist. That'd be kind of fun. We do like an economist. Wow. English. Economist series. We're talking about what we've been reading in there. We could. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What else do you want to talk about today? We were going to talk about Inventing the liturgical Anna? calendar. Oh, we yeah, should probably we... talk about that another time because we're at thirty-two minutes, and I feel like the liturgical calendar should have more time than that. Yeah. So we could just talk about inventing Anna. Inventing Anna. There's so many things about inventing Anna that are, that is that are like sparking my interest. Mm-hmm. So, for example, so. For those of you who don't know, Inventing Anna is a, what's called a limited series on Netflix. Okay. And it's kind of based on a true story, but they say some of it is extended and not true. Okay. Um, You're saying, okay, like you haven't watched three episodes with me. (laughs) You read that article, though, so you know a lot more than I do. Like, I didn't know it was a limited series. But essentially, she finds a way. Well, I don't want to ruin it because you haven't actually done articles. But it's seeming like she's finding a way to, like, fool people into believing she's someone that she's not. Yeah. And... It's the director or the writers are the same people that did Scandal, right? Mm-hmm. And what is the other Scandal, show? Uh, Grey's Anatomy. So it's Shondaland, which mm. is Shonda Rhimes' production company. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So. Genius. She's a genius of our time. Oh, do you like her? Shonda oh. Rhimes? Why are you calling her a genius? What do you mean? I, I, I don't know enough about this human. But when you're saying she's, she's a genius. She's written like three pretty great shows. So, Scandal? Grace Anatomy. This show. Are we... Are we... Are we going to say that if someone was involved with Grey's Anatomy, that makes them a genius? Like, there, there are some issues the with that. The genius is not in the content. I think the genius is creating content that millions upon millions upon millions want to take in consistently. Mm-hmm. So, she did Grace Anatomy. She's done Scandal. Huge hits, well within their own right. She's done this. The number one watch thing on Netflix right now. So, she obviously has, like, the she's wherewithal t- to understand... She's tapping into something. ...what's going on and tapping into that. Interesting. So, I would say that's genius. Interesting. I don't think you're wrong. It's mm-hmm. just interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting. Some of my thoughts, these are just observations about the show, but also, mm-hmm. like, I guess some theological shots about the series mm-hmm. are that, and you can see it, Anna is deeply broken. Oh, yeah. Right? And so, essentially, we're three episodes in, mm-hmm. but she's trying to be someone she's not. It seems that way. And 
in the process of doing that, she's hurting like a lot of people along along the way. Mm-hmm. Is that is that the like is that the sense you're getting from the show? I mean, like there's that one episode we watched where you can see like something deep within her gets triggered. I think for me, I'm like, this chick is fabulous because. New York society is a very closed-off society. Historically, has been so since almost our founding. Like, it's just been really hard to penetrate New York society. Because mm. it's very old money and, like, fame and wealth and what you wear. So, for me, I've been intrigued by the more fashion side of it. Like... She's always carrying something from, like, Hermes or Chanel or, like, these crazy expensive brands. And she's <laughs> she spent so much money. But then, like, she also wrecks up bills. And I'm like, did these places not think this is a scam before now? Like, you are paying for tens of thousands of dollars worth of something and because of your name if the credit card doesn't work we'll just wait like (laughs) what like how often does that happen like as a business i could care less what your name is if your credit card doesn't work you are not leaving the building with the items i have procured for my business yeah it doesn't make business sense yeah so it's it's just very interesting, but I'm fascinated by like how her brain works and that she was able to fool like the highest levels of society. I think for me, and I'm not going to apologize for being someone just hearted your story. Is that what you're looking at? That's right. What did you just do? You want to sing? Yes. Is this our buddy Chris? It is our buddy Chris. Gotta love Chris. We love Chris. Shout out to Chris Williams. Oh, did you post that picture of me? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, I think for me, and this is just, Theologically, this is kind of where I'm at, too, with the idea of what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And also, what does it mean to just be a human? Maybe it's not even about being a follower of Jesus. But I think in the circles that we grew up with, salvation... Uh, and what it meant to, like, do things for Jesus, right? hmm Meant becoming somebody new. Like, there's a new man. New creation. New creation, right? All of the this language. The old is gone. The new has come. And I'm at this point, and I'm, ma- I'm making a connection here. It's going to take a hot minute, but I am making a connection. (laughs) But I think I'm at the point where I believe that 
while I understand where those theologies come from, there's a lot of unhealthy and toxic things about that Mm -hmm. because you're essentially told that your inner desires, your nature. I'm also seeing uh, the little thing on Netflix for the new Kanye documentary, which I started. It's excellent. I refuse. You can watch by yourself. You, uh, Lisa is not going to watch Kanye because she apparently hates people that are really good at what they do. Ooh. No, I don't hate people that are really good at <laughs> what they do. I don't even. I have concern for people who use emotional manipulation. Yeah, in Kanye. They post it online. Kanye has some. It seems like he's he's troubled and he has some issues in some ways, just like the rest of us do. But maybe his are an extra level. Kim Kardashian was like, nah, bruh, you gotta respect her choice to say no. Is that what it was? They broke up. He started dating supermodels, right? She wasn't dating anyone. Then whoa, she whoa, goes whoa, whoa, out. whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you trying to say this? You're the pop, you're the pop culture voice in this, in this little they interaction. They break up, right? Or like at least separate. Why did they break up? Don't know. My okay. name's not Kim or Kanye. All I know is they've separated. He starts seeing supermodel A, B, C, and D at clubs. Pictured with them, it's very obvious he's with other women. Well, they had broken up at this point, right? I guess so. Couple months later, she's with Pete Davidson. At first, it's like, are they just friends? We don't know. But then they're dating, right? But she wasn't like... Well, without of the bounds. And now they're dating. It's super adorable. <laughs> like, she's just dating someone. Are you, and he's now Are you trying posted. to say that you're Team Kim? Is that what you're saying? All I'm saying is, he chose to move on. And now that she's moving on, he is like, What's wedging with some underwear. He's like posting really incredibly... Cringy content online. He's posting their like text Insta- messages like online. On yeah. Like he's posting their personal communications with each other online. He's sending like a truck full of like half dead roses to her house. What? With, like a message on the what? truck. Wait, like, what? No, like this is well. Like if she wanted to put a restraining on her on him. I'm pretty sure it would go through without fail. Is this well-sourced? Like, is this, this is actually well happening? He posted it himself. That's, oh. That, to me, is like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Like, There's some issues there. And I'm like, look, bro, you moved on. You moved on so very publicly, and she did the same, hasn't and you come, can't respect her Hasn't he come out and that. said that he's bipolar? Does he have bipolar? I have no idea. I think he has come out and said, like, he struggles with his mental health. To me, still not an excuse. It's really interesting because a lot of the things that have been said about Kanye is that he's narcissistic, right? That he's a narcissist. And have you never heard that before? I don't know. But (laughs) in his documentary, it's pretty early on in his career. And he's like, I guess, you know, some people might be wondering why am I? Why is there a documentary about me being made without me being, me having a... um like a record deal yet and i don't know i get he is he makes great music i don't know enough anyways how did we we got off 
off. You saw off guard. I did. And on the TV distracted. behind us. And we got uh, sidetracked. But All I, I'm saying is, if you're going to make the same decision, and then you get pissed because your ex does the same thing, we've got some soul searching to do. I get that. I, I guess what I'm saying... Sorry, I'm changing gears here. Change the gears. <laughs> abort the mission. About uh, face. You said abort. Conservative Christians now are calling you a heathen because you said abort on a podcast. That's They'd probably call me a heathen before we even got to the topic of abortion. We, I want to have Mako Nagasawa <gasps> to who has helped you in your seminary stuff, right? Yeah, but we had I, a phone call. But I want to have him. Bring peeps. I want to have him. He's written a book on the the Christian ethics of abortion Ooh. and how to have a nuanced approach to it. His website, how, fantastic. Oh yeah, I like, we should. It's basically theology Google, right? And, and it's, it's free. So organized. It's, it's free, free and it's so organized. I was like, I I'm kind ha- of struggling with yeah. this topic. And you just click it, and then there's just like so wh- many viewpoints. The role of women in the church. How to. How to think about salvation, how to think about the death of Christ, um, and how it's not this like exchange where God like killed Jesus to get some kind of Someone blood needs sacrifice. To give him an honorary he's, like, he's so good. <laughs> that website alone, I was like, holy cow. Yeah, he's phenomenal. It took some work. People in the Gospel Coalition would probably not like his work very much because it essentially is a takedown on everything they stand for. Well, I think, like, that's what I really appreciate about Marco's website, though. It's like it's arguments for and arguments against. Yeah. So he's very fair and, like, presenting both sides and letting you kind of decide where you stand theologically. Yeah. So it's the very... Gospel Coalition can do what they want. But, like, I think it's a very fair way to represent the facts and the arguments. Because a lot of these arguments are things we just don't know for sure. Right. And, like, it doesn't make you any less of a Christian for believing one side versus the other. But That's, that's a very balanced approach there. I forgot what I was saying. Essentially, with discovering <laughs> Anna, I just want to say this and then we can move on to whatever we're talking about. We're already 46 minutes in. Ooh, let's go. <laughs> but... I think theologically, philosophically, I think I'm at a place where I really think the journey of life, whether you want to box it in into what Jesus says or the Christian way of seeing things, is about discovering our belovedness Mm. and discovering that we were not created to be these evil, terrible human beings and that we don't need a new person or a new man. I mean, even the way like we talk about Christ, right? It's like we need a savior to get us out of the terribleness of who we are. And I mean, Mako talks about this too, but it's, and you see it in, in whatever the show is, Inventing Anna, but she doesn't know who she is. Mm. And she's got a lot of pain. She's got a lot of pain surrounding who she is. And so she puts on all these facades about who she thinks she should be Mm -hmm. to essentially gain some kind of safety. Um, 
and because I do some work around the nervous system with the people I work with, like her nervous system can't handle her not knowing. So she has, she goes into fantasy land. She goes into this land where she has to be someone she's not. And I just, I don't know. I think it's really important for all of us to know who we actually are. And that journey involves letting go of all the narratives that we've told ourselves that we're not. Mm. And I think that's just a, I mean, that's just a really good key thing to know about life. Like, a lot of my journey, the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that the journey of life or Christ or whatever it is that we're trying to do, the way you get to truth is by debunking lies. Hmm. And I, I'm also hesitant to say that because even in that language, I've, I've heard it say, stop believing the lies the enemy said about you. And that's not, <laughs> that's not what I mean about debunking lies. Those things Your have southern li- accent is my favorite. <laughs> Those things have literally been said. And I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is we have been told we're supposed to be like other things that we're not. Mm. And Tom, I, I love Thomas Merton. So Thomas Merton has this line and he says, poets are not poets for the same reasons that saints aren't saints. They refuse to come into contact with who they actually are. They try to be someone they're not. And all of us have like a divine uniqueness to who we are. And Anna clearly does not know that makes her unique because if she did she would stop trying to like screw Screw over all of these people but i think in a lot of ways that's that's the story of all of us we are trying to and that's why therapy and that's why spiritual direction and that's why having healthy friends all of that is good because hopefully they're all encouraging you to come into contact with who you are but unfortunately, because of childhood wounding and all the things we suffer, we put on all these extra layers. Lisa's like, yes, therapy sucks. Sucks in a good way. You like, have a pretty good therapist, though. I love my therapist. She's pretty great. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's it sucks in that it's hard. But I think it's it's pretty great in understanding like yourself better and being more introspective. Which I'm not skilled at at all. (laughs) But I think, and I think even one of the, one of the things that's just said so much of the time is like, if you don't focus enough on God, then you're going to get, you know, like, what does God want? How does God get glorified? If I, if I hear another person say, give God all the glory and we forget in that, in that not all of it is incorrect, but the parts that are incorrect are that, like, I believe God wants to partner with us in the things that we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. There's a way to not engage in shame about who you are and still have a healthy relationship with whatever you call God. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it doesn't have to be either or, it can be both and. So anyways, when I'm thinking about inventing Anna, that's what I'm thinking about. This girl doesn't know who she is. And by the way, I'm not shaming her. Like, I've had scenes in my life where I don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. And so 
I'm trying to be someone I'm not. And I go into crisis mode when I try to be someone that I wasn't designed to be. So that's why things like therapy and healthy friendships and spiritual direction and having friends that know you well and know what your egoic defenses are and all this stuff. I don't know. That's why it's important. It's like, what? what's that about? <laughs> I really think that's what therapy's about. Yeah. It's a therapist literally telling you, what's that about? That doesn't <laughs> seem... That doesn't seem right. You're like, hmm, what's that? And then you're like, ooh, what is that? Which is not accusatory. It's mm-hmm. just somebody being like, hey, like, It's why? like someone helping you out with a Where's Waldo puzzle. You're like, what's that over there? Oh, <gasps> there he is. And then I, you figure it out for yourself. I should have known that at some point in this podcast journey together, you were going to make a Where's Waldo reference. Gotta love it. You didn't have, like, Where's Waldo day in high school? Were people dressed up as Where's Waldo? No. Oh, man, you missed out. It's pretty great. Did you know that Kanye's... dad or mom was a pastor? And Kanye's mom or dad was a mental health therapist. So a lot of his spiritual themes, like he had a... He had a whole album that was about, like, Paul and, like, there was some... Or maybe a song about Paul. That's a lot of his... He grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he didn't grow up in the church, but he had spiritual influences. Mm-hmm. So. I didn't know that, but... That's what you That's what you get when you watch Kanye's documentary. No, thank you. <laughs> we are 53 minutes in. Anything else you'd like to share? Find the worst Waldo in your life. And discover it. What are we going to name this podcast? Where's Waldo? The one, the, the one the, about, the one about. The Russian Where's Waldo. The one about <laughs> Russia and Kanye. <laughs> Vodka and Where's Waldo. The one about Russia and Kanye. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think that's it. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll record another one tomorrow. Das Vidanya, my friends. Bye.